Hi, so welcome to Lighthouse Shreya. It's me, Shreya, and... Hi, I'm Neha. <laughs> um, so today we're going to do a special episode, so it's like summer break, right? So I thought it was cool to do like a special episode on um, women in motorsport. And I actually have a few questions for you. Oh, for sure. Um, so, so we'll get right into the video, um, the podcast. Okay. Um, so you're obviously like a content creator in Formula One, right? So um, how specifically did you get into Formula One as a sport? Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, and Detroit is obviously a very big car city. Um, so in terms of that, I was not really into Formula One. I was more into IndyCar just because there was an IndyCar race that was happening in Detroit every single year um, in an area called Belle Isle. Uh, so I was more familiar with that. I didn't really know what Formula One was, but my Formula One used to be in Detroit back in the 80s. So my dad used to go and watch that. So he got to see Center Race, Frost, which was like very cool. Like I'm yeah. forever going to be jealous of him because of that. <laughs> so um, as I grew older, I have a really big passion for engineering. I'm a software engineer. So um, as I was going through school and everything, really interested in math, physics, all of that stuff. And I started learning about this thing called Formula One. There's just a like car racing. And just in general, I'm a big sports fan. So uh, football, basketball, hockey were like really big in my general life, uh, as well as tennis. I'm a huge tennis fan. Um, so as I was learning about car racing, Formula One, I knew what IndyCar was. I was like, oh, Formula One's also a thing. And Lewis Hamilton was obviously like a huge impact and like my journey in formula one just because of how he is like so um uh going through so much adversity in order to make a name for himself and him winning his championships was crazy so um it, i started paying attention to the sport in 2013 which is when lewis moved to mercedes and from there just kind of paying attention to races not really watching them but like looking at results so Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton, Daniel Ricciardo were the big names that I was paying attention to at that point in time and then at some point I was interning at Mercedes-Benz um, for their financial services department nothing related to the team but learning about AMG and obviously I was like made the connection between that 2016 was the year I did that. So Bro Sadies was crazy during that point in time. So I was so excited to just like experiencing it, experience it from the inside a bit. And then I went to college and I went to an engineering focused school. So I just kind of dove headfirst into the engineering aspects, electrical, mechanical engineering, even though I was a computer science major. And then the pandemic hit and I didn't know what was going on. So, or it was actually a little bit before the pandemic, 2019 is when I was like, okay, let me just watch this show, Drive Survive. It was one of the first yeah. years that um, they had allowed this much access to drivers. I just remember there was a huge scandal like back in the day of Lewis Hamilton <laughs> on Snapchat, which was like crazy because they weren't allowed to do that. They weren't allowed to have social media in the Bernie Eccleston days. And now all of their faces are everywhere and there have, there's so much more to know about them. And they have such electric, dynamic personalities that you just can't help but become yeah, so think, immersed into it. Yeah, I think like that, that is, I think, um, you know, like a lot of people are like, um, Drive to Survive is like very um, bad influence on the sport. Like it's not true. But I feel like it's also something yeah. that brought in a lot of sports fans. Like, um, I think even I, like, in 2019, I would say, when, like, Drive to Survive was there, I was, like, kind of, I saw it, but I wasn't, like, this mm -hmm. was it. But then slowly I started, like, watching every episode, and then, like, you know, I'm binging the whole thing, and I was watching the races. So I think, like, it's a way to get into it. And I think, like, even, you know, obviously you love tennis, right? And I think there's um, mm -hmm. a Netflix show about tennis. I can't remember yes. what I saw. Breakpoint. Yes. Breakpoint. Yeah. So yeah. like, I feel like like those episodes, even though they like portray the sport as wrong, I feel like they also brought a lot of fans in. Oh, definitely. I think that, especially as someone who 
was paying attention before and Drive to Survive definitely made me become the fan that I am today and showed me more aspects because it always helps when you know more personal things about it because it creates that emotional attachment. So as much as people will say like Drive to Survive fans are fake fans, it's not true because it really just brought in a whole new community of people and you have to love that. Yeah. Okay, so my next question is, if you could choose um, out of, like, any F1, like, women in motorsport, but also, like, any, like, maybe reporter, like, big woman, uh, like, any woman in general in the sport, uh, who would say has, like, the most influence? Like, how do you say, like, they have influence you in a way to, like, understand that this is a sport that, yeah, it's male-dominated, but at the same time, like, there's still ways to push it further to, like, allow women in it. Oh, yeah. Um, so one is definitely Susie Wolf, obviously. I think that her mm-hmm. uh, impact on the sport, sport is amazing. She has, like, not only been able to drive an F1 car, like, the most recent woman to drive in an F1 car, but she's also helping to, with F1 Academy, to bring in more women into the sport and making it so much more accessible or trying to make it more accessible and I feel like that hasn't really been seen recently and especially as long as I have been watching Formula One it hasn't been a thing at all and it's never a good thing to be in a space where a sport is exclusively one gender I think that um especially for me growing up watching tennis since I was a child, everything was always like men's and women's side. So for me coming in and seeing that motorsports was so exclusively male dominated, it was kind of jarring because you don't get to, you feel like you don't have a place to not only be a part of the sport, but even be a fan because the people who you identify with aren't there. So I think that she's doing an amazing job. F1 Academy is amazing. I love watching the little recaps that they put up on YouTube after the races. And I'm so excited that it's now going to be um, like fully live broadcasted. I'm going to go to Coda this year. So I'm so excited to see them actually on track too. Um, And then also I really like um, Naomi Schiff. I love how she interviews. I love how she's also, um, she was in W Series for a while. She was able to... Um, come from that and interview all of these drivers. She asks such intelligent questions and she's so knowledgeable about the sport that I just love everything that she does. Plus her like style is iconic. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. I like, I have to agree with you. I feel like in my opinion, it was either definitely, I'd probably say Lizzie. Cause like, she's like um, more of the future generation of the sport, but also Naomi was like, obviously pretty influential. I think like, like, a lot of her, like, post-interview, like, um, like post-race um, questions were, like, always, like, questions that, like, like, everyone wanted to know. I feel like, like, she would ask, like, almost the right questions, like, that I would, like, want to know. Like, especially, especially whenever Max is racing and, like, his winning, she would always ask, like, those little questions that, like, show, like, like, yeah, Max is the winner, but, like, obviously, there's, like, these little mindsets he has, and I feel like that's that that's my influence point oh yeah definitely and I also really just enjoy or there are certain people that I enjoy seeing doing those post-race press conferences um and she's definitely one of the people where I'm like I want to see you up there because you ask the questions that I want to know and it's not just like you said oh Max you won the race how do you feel it's very much about the race and random questions in terms of strategy and why he decided to go certain ways, which is one of the things that I really enjoy. So also Ruth Buscombe, who is the, I believe she's the principal strategist for the Alfa Romeo team. I love her. She's one of the coolest people. um, And also just so knowledgeable about strategy. I, I'm a huge strategy nerd. So every like day before the race, I'm always looking at that kind of stuff and trying to figure out what the best pit strategy is. What's the best pit window what tires are the best combination, which is, like, so nerdy, but I love it. It's amazing. So seeing her get to do that job. It, we were in Miami this year, and it was so funny. We have like we were in the grid click group chat, and she was asking, she's like, there might be rain, and if there is, someone let me know, because, 
we like to accommodate for strategy. I was like, that's so fun. Like she has like an extra little resource that she's able to use during the race, which is so cool. Yeah, I feel like also like the fact that like obviously making the strategies like is a pretty tough job. And like, I mean, I think like, yeah, I feel like the hardest job in Formula One is probably the strategist job because like not only do they have to like make the strategy, but then they get like the pressure. Cause like we've seen like with Ferrari, like especially Mattia, like he got fired because of like those type of decisions. So I think like yeah, that's like pretty big. But that's pretty good. You met her? I I didn't meet her. She was just like around. She we have all like I'm friends with a lot of people around the motorsport world now. So there oh. are lo- lots of random mutual connections. So like her, um, Bernie Collins, who's no longer a strategist but works for the Sky Sports team. Hannah Schmitz for Red Bull. I think she is like the most iconic name in strategy right now because she just yeah. she just knows what she's doing. She makes all the calls at the right time. So you have to appreciate all of these amazing women doing the things that are taking their teams to the win, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to mention about um, TikTok being like a big common like um, platform for a lot of F1 lovers. Um, so. People have been saying that, like, obviously, like, it's more about, like, like, now, like, before it used to just be, like, um, content creators would go onto these platforms, um, like, TikTok and Instagram, and it would, like, help, like, engage, but now, like, almost everyone is doing it, and what are your opinions on TikTok being, like, more, more, like, a social platform rather than a lot of, like, the other apps, like, Instagram? Um, I really enjoy TikTok. The reason I wanted to join in the first place, I've I've been making content for a little, or almost a year now, um, a little bit more than that, I think. Um, The reason I wanted to start was because I just didn't have friends in my daily life who liked Formula One, who engaged with Formula One in any way that I did. And as much as I would post random graphics of Charlotte Claire getting pole position or Lewis Hamilton doing or winning a race back in 2021, as much as I would do that, no one really cared about it. And doing this on a platform where it's able to spread very easily to the public and other people are able to see it. I think it's amazing because you're just engaging and all of these people who are making content and making it a social experience, it makes it so much more fun just because I think in a way Formula One is still like a niche sport to follow. And as much as people can consume content, the number of people who are making content are the people who are feeding into this, like we're making this a bigger, happier community for everyone. So that's what I really enjoy. I really like the social aspect. I feel like I've made so many friends because of this thing. I'm going to uh, Coda with, a bunch of girls who like some of whom I haven't even met before but I've been on live with them on multiple occasions um I did the same thing with Miami two other creators I went with Nicole and Christina I think the fact that I have not met these girls before but like I know them so well because we text every single day and we talk about F1 and all of the random news that's going around it like that whole social experience and more people joining in it's never going to be a bad thing because having that community aspect makes sports what it is yeah I think like even um for me right like on TikTok I saw this one girl Laura um and she like created um a group chat like she was choosing like any um F1 girl um or like friends who we can chat about and then like slowly like I was like oh yeah I'm also looking because like for me I have like barely anyone besides like my dad no one else watches F1 um so I was like talking to her and then she made a whole group chat now we have like a group chat of like 20 30 people and like every day like we're talking we're like posting and like we we also like not only do we talk about F1 but like we talk like about a little bit of the gossip and the drama of it and then like we make like jokes on it I feel like it's become an easier community to like follow along because like Every, almost like a lot of people are doing it so it's like easier to make more friends off of it oh definitely and so many of the people that I've met are just so sweet kind I think most of the people that I've met in this community whether like if I meet them for the first time I met so many people at the um like in Austin last year at Miami this year I got to meet some people in Detroit at the IndyCar race this year. Everyone's just like so sweet, so welcoming. And 
especially when there are people who obviously like have more followers or whatnot. It's never this like ego game, which I love. It's just like, we all love this one thing. And who cares if you have like 100 followers or if you have like 10,000 followers, like we are all appreciating the same random people driving in circles and we we can appreciate it for whatever reasons that we want to. Yeah, and I think, like, it's slowly, like, because, like, the way, like, TikTok works is, like, the more videos you start liking, it creates that uh, for you page of, like, constant feed that you want to get, and so, like, slowly I started liking, like, Carla Sainz's videos um, and Formula One videos in general, and then slowly I started getting, like, all these TikTokers, and I was like, wait, there's people who actually, like, love the sport, like, me? so then I was seeing, like, people all over the world, and I was like, oh my god, this is so, like, I didn't think about this, because, like, when I go to school, right, like, someone's like, Formula One has to be turned off. So it's like, it's so hard for me because Sunday there'll be a race and I'll be, like, wanting to share about it with everyone. But then, like, Monday I have to, like, be like, yeah, so Carlos signed is a driver. Yes, the driver that drives <laughs> in those cars. So, and yeah. really I found, like, um, I think, I found Lizzie McIntosh. She loves F1. I think, like, your starts coming yeah. up on my 40 page. And I was like, okay, this is, like, new. Um, so I have to say, she loves F1. Michaela is one of the nicest human beings I have ever met in my entire life. She was just so sweet, kind, all of the things. I was, it, it just warms my heart so much. I like love her. Her fan behavior, um, Molly, who makes like the tech TikToks, um, all of them are just the kindest humans. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, cause like I watch a lot, of, like I follow her on TikTok and like, Mm-hmm. It's, like, so insane that, like, like, because she's going to, like, all these races, and I love, like, c- her content. It's, like, it's generally, like, fun to watch, like, all this, like, um, I think, and, like, the way she makes, like, relatable sounds to it, I find, mm-hmm. like, her humor really good. I find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, and she's, like, the exact same in real life. Like, she's just as bubbly, just as fun, um, all of that stuff. She's incredible. So, um, I know you also have, like, an Instagram account. So, would you say that, like, it's more it's more easier to build um, F1 content on Instagram or TikTok, knowing that now Instagram, you can make reels and those can go viral? So, I've actually never – I don't really post any of my content on Instagram. My Instagram, like, that's hooked up to my TikTok is – my personal Instagram that I've had since I was a child that I have just continued on to just link it to my TikTok page, which is like very funny because I do think about possibly posting on there. Most of my F1 engagement on Instagram is me posting stories or uh, posting random, like, again, the graphics of, oh, Charlotte Claire got pole, Lewis Hamilton got pole, um, Max Verstappen won the race, Landon Norris driver of the day. But then also random things in my daily life of, oh, I just randomly bought this new F1 merch or stuff like that. And that always does well. So I always do think about posting it. And I know that there are people who have found great success, like cross-platform posting TikTok videos on Instagram. So maybe in the future, because I do really like Instagram as a platform and all of that stuff. I always, I I guess I always saw Instagram as like a more personal thing, but um, yeah, I would definitely be open to posting on Instagram more if that's because like, I know that is a great avenue. And I also know that there's all of these other platforms that have more engagement with creators, like including Snapchat, where you can they also have a TikTok esque platform. So they're all they're all out there. <laughs> Yeah, I think, like, because for me, I, like, I would post on um, my personal Instagram. I would post, like, a bunch of stories. And I would go, like, all with, um, like, creating a story for about race. So, like, I would, like, make sure I got the perfect picture of Charlie Leclerc on my TV. And I would, like, make it, like, mm-hmm. cropped and everything. So I would, like, go, like, full-on collage every day on Instagram um, <laughs> making those. And then my friends were all, like, if you really love this so much, you should take it, like, another level. So I thought, like, making a podcast because... I don't know, like, when I first initially thought of Instagram, I thought of it's, like, more a way to just chat with your friends. And I didn't, like, I, I don't, like, even when I'm on Instagram, besides Reels, I never really, like, found 
other people's Instagrams, like, coming into, like, like, knowing who they are. So I feel like TikTok is more of a better, like, more opener, because, like, everyone can start to see. Yeah, definitely. I, how I started, how I decided to move on to TikTok was I used to post, or I still do post, on my Snapchat story, and it was, like, a very small group of um, my friends, I would talk about sports on there. It wouldn't just be F1. It would be tennis, football, basketball, whatever was going on during that time. I would talk about it. And most of my friends don't like sports, just in general. Like, it's not just Formula One. They don't like sports. So the couple that liked the sport that I was talking about, they would, like, swipe up and, like, engage with it. But most of my friends didn't like it. And I was ranting to one of my cousins. I was like, ah, no one watches my stories. It's so silly even though like I think my commentary is good on the stuff and she's like why don't you post it somewhere else and I was like let's try it so the first video I posted was about Fernando it was the day that Fernando Alonso announced that he was moving to Aston Martin and I was like okay we're gonna do this it's it's gonna see but let's see what happens and and it kind of just took off from there (laughs) so like you're from um so um this is like definitely a little off track um, off track of the women's, but you're from you're from New York City, right? So have I you live tried in New York out? City now, yep. Oh yeah. So have you tried out Lewis Hamilton's um new restaurant, his vegan restaurant? I have, yeah. I actually like made a TikTok the first time I went there and it kind of went viral. So that was really funny. Um but yeah, it's really good. I actually went there a couple of days ago, I think. I'm vegetarian, so anything vegan vegetarian is very much up my alley and I will always go and eat it. But very good. Honestly, I can't complain at all. And I've like taken my friends there too and they're and especially because they're not vegetarian, they do appreciate it and I'm like that's great. He like signed the wall the last time I went and I was like that's so cool. Like he was there. <laughs> yeah that's what I was telling like my friends like because like I I visit New York City like constantly like because like only 45 minutes away from me um Mm -hmm. and so like I feel like every time I go I've been to everywhere so I'm kind of like okay this is all the same um but then like when I heard that Hamilton um God's restaurant I was like there's no way I'm like Hamilton released a possible something that he has walked into like 45 minutes and I was like I have to I remember like I was crying and like begging my parents like we have to go because like, honestly it just seems like a holy place because like Hamilton's like big like he's honestly like a god like a king and it's like the fact that he, he stepped into their yeah. like it's really funny because for me I know that these people have like been around this area I think that one thing about New York City is that's so cool is that all of these like famous people, celebrities can come here and kind of fade into like the distance. I've seen like Daniel Ricardo randomly walking around. I've seen like these random people just on the street and I'm like, this is this is really interesting. We're gonna continue on with our life now. I think I accidentally saw Daniel Ricardo once and I was wearing like my Daniel Ricardo tote bag and I like ran the opposite direction because I was like, I'm not interacting with this man right now. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really funny to think about that. And I think that in terms of, like, what Lewis is doing, like, the greater idea of the restaurant, that, like, it's not, it's, like, him and Leonardo DiCaprio and stuff like that. But animal cruelty, obviously, that's a completely different story. But, yes, just, like, trying to promote veganism and all of that stuff is, like, a very fun, it's a fun way to do it. The restaurant is very, like, aesthetically pleasing with the pinks and the greens, which I appreciate, so. Um, so, obviously, um, so to the topic of women in my sport. So, who's, mm-hmm. like, who's a really good, like, so, obviously, right now, I think in F2, no, F3, um, mm-hmm. there's, like, a few, F3 and F4, there's, like, a few women drivers who are coming. I think a few of them are, like, Bianca, Maya, mm-hmm. and there's one other girl in Ferrari Academy I cannot remember but there's a few of those so like who do you think honestly would like who do you think gonna come to Formula One um quicker like obviously like to first to help like women it's, become more it's so difficult to tell especially given that this is the first year of um Formula uh, F1 Academy we really don't know what the progression is going to be from here. And I think that's the big thing that needs to happen. It's 
whoever wins the series, there needs to be a very clear path of them to make it to F3, make it to F2 to, in order to even have an opportunity at F1. And then along with that, the reason why W Series didn't really work out the way that it should have is because sponsors and lack of funding. There's so many factors that go into it. Um, I like Bianca Bustamante is like, I've heard she's an absolute sweetheart and she seems so hardworking and seeing her TikToks, it's amazing to see what she does. And now she's, she won the race in Monza. Like she has done so much. And I think she's also built a really nice, loving community around her. And you want to see people like her and Sophia and F3, like you want to see those people come up and flourish, but the opportunities need to be there too. And I think that that's the big thing. And I know Alpine is doing something um, they announced at their season launch to help women come up through um, from karting all the way to F1, hopefully. So I don't think it's a matter of like, I don't think it should be like how fast. I don't think that's like the right metric. It's that, there needs to be those opportunities in the first place. So I think one thing that I'm really hoping for is just the fact that F1 Academy has that ability to really launch these names. Cause there's so many people, there's 15 women right there who are driving these cars who are driving so well and have the opportunity to do so much more as if they have the opportunity to do it. So that's what I'm hoping is that F1 Academy actually presents those opportunities of like, okay, like top three drivers in F1 Academy move up to F3. And then if they do well in F3, then they can move up to F2. It's just like, there needs to be that ladder. Like there is for everyone else who's participating. Yeah. I think I definitely could like, um, I think I started watching um, the first woman I noticed was like um, Bianca. And especially like, Mm -hmm. especially when like she won her Monza race, um, representing like the whole um i think it was philippine country um yeah and like the fact that like even the president thanked her and i was like Mm -hmm. she definitely i feel like they're all doing something so big that like like i feel like now like even though like there's women like um there's still it's a male sport but um i think like slowly as women are starting to get into sport i think everything they're doing is definitely taking like in consideration like a big achievement because like now like it's like more all the eyes are more on them and I feel like that's really great that now it's like definitely showing the sport is um moving forward and I think like maybe in probably like seven years I don't know like maybe seven ten years we'll probably definitely see the sport becoming more like a lot more like NASCAR where there's a lot of women in there so I think I think it's gonna be like more of a because especially with the popularity gaining, I think we're seeing in Miami a lot of the celebs are coming. And I feel like that's obviously going to bring more attention on it that, like, more women have to be in the sport, I think. What are your opinions? It's, like, again, with the whole ladder system, it's very interesting to see how other people have come up through the sport. Um, if you take, like, Oscar Piastri, who has just won every single like thing that he has been a part of before coming to formula one like that's so impressive to see that um and again not everyone is has the ability to do that there are so many drivers on the grid who have not won f2 and it's like okay like but there needs to be opportunities for women i think like one of the prime examples is jamie chadwick who literally won w series three years in a row and wasn't able to make it up to f3 and like you know that she has like a good driving ability and so many of the women in w series do just hawkins as well i think that the fact that there weren't opportunities in like the f the formula um ladder jamie is now in indy next which is great i think like the fact that she is able to compete there with Andretti, an iconic name in motorsports, like, that's great. So I think as long as opportunities keep presenting themselves, then it just, like, brings more attention. Like, oh, look at these amazing women who are able to drive these incredible cars just as well as anyone else. So, like, let's have more of that. Like, and you can see that, like, especially with Jamie and um, all of the like women currently driving in um, F1 Academy, the racing is like their quality of racing is like no different than anything else. Everyone is racing cars. It's that's just how it is. And like, it's so impressive to see. So I just hope that as, as more people do pay attention, um, they, it just continues to grow the sport and more women start at a grassroots level and 
are able to come up and have that funding and have the um, ability to join these things without having as many hurdles to jump through. Yeah. Um, so also, I do want to make another point on um, the controversial opinion of influencers, like especially the Miami race, um, a lot of influencers who are not necessarily like like Formula One knowledgeable. Um, I think it was from the Tartier company of um, being at the Miami Grand Prix and making the content. It's like there's a lot of controversial opinions on how not a lot of F1 fans get to go to the races um, because like there's all, like obviously the money wide is like crazy expensive now um, in I think especially Las Vegas. So I think um, a lot, I want to know your opinions on how, what your opinion is on like a lot of influencers like Alex who don't really know a lot about Formula One but are doing this because of that content background? I, as I was at Miami, I genuinely was not bothered by any of the creators there. I don't think we should be blaming the creators on this front because that just promotes this really gatekeepy atmosphere that women already experience when coming to sport of like, oh, name five drivers currently on the grid. So only then you can enter a Formula One race. There are companies and stuff like, and like corporations inviting these influencers to events because they have a big following. And if anything, like it could randomly influence a couple of people who are like following these larger creators to watch Formula One or pay attention to Formula One. And I think that's like, that's cool because that's, again, another avenue of bringing people in, like similar to Drive to Survive. There's so many different avenues to bring people in. Definitely don't think we should be blaming influencers for that because they're just kind of, they get invited to a thing and they're like, okay, cool, let's go. It, I think that there's also a big problem with how Formula One has become like kind of blown up to the point where they now can upcharge so much, like absurdly to the point where, again, I think the stats like 99% of Formula One fans will never be able to attend a race. And that's absolutely heartbreaking because... I mean, I wasn't able to attend a race for the first time until last year when I was employed. Um, and I couldn't do that before then because it's just not accessible to like a student or someone who is in the U.S. Um, because it just costs so much and then travel accommodations, everything in between. Um, so that's like a larger problem is that they know that they're able to inflate prices because demand is high and all of that. And it should never be like that. And now they're kind of seeing the results of that aka like Miami was not completely sold out they're selling Coda tickets at Costco now which is like that's fun but like if you're like you could do so much more to invite uh fans and like have it at a like lower rate so that people who actively enjoy Formula One and would love to experience a race weekend in any capacity have the opportunity to do so yeah I definitely have to agree with you because like it definitely I don't think I think if anything, the influencers are actually bringing more people into it because like we know like Alex probably has like millions of followers and the fact that now all those like some followers who are not like F1, like don't love F1 yet, like I think slowly they'll start loving F1, hence like job of an influencer. And I think if not bringing more people into it, but the only problem is definitely, I agree with you, the prizes are way too high. Um... Like, at first I thought it was, like, okay, inflation, but then slowly, like, even this year it's getting high. Um, I have, like, one of the stats on my screen about, like, so um, this was according to, like, Forbes. So in 2021, uh, F1 made about $2.136 billion. And then by the end of 22, um, they made about $2.573 billion. And that's, like, I feel like a lot, like, definitely, like, a lot increased and... I think if you take in, like, the picture of it is that people probably, like, definitely, it was probably um, the Bahrain and Abu Dhabi race and the Miami. And then now we have Las Vegas, where but not a lot of people can attend. So I'm assuming they're probably just going to bring influencers. Um, so I think I definitely do agree that we should not hate the influencers. Um, but I do also wish that they would, like, um, allow some of, like, the influencers are almost coming for free. Like, I wish they would also, like, reduce some of the prices for... Um, other people to come in um, so that it's more accessible. 
and then you can like still gain more popularity because everyone wants to come um because i've been also debating about it um on buying a ticket to go to an f1 grand prix like definitely expensive out of like um trying to pay for it but also like the fact that if you're sitting in like a seat in the um grand prix um like seeing the cars just zip by like and it's like two hundred thousand dollars it's so um crazy to think about (laughs) um so for austin last year we were ga for the entire weekend but my lovely friend tori who is also a content creator on um on tiktok she got there early because she had a car and there was like a big group of us um that were all there together, a couple of content creators as well. She like camped out. She got to the track at like four in the morning when gates or like at six in the morning when gates opened at seven. She got like the perfect spot on turn one. So we were there as the cars because like there's a really steep incline from on, in Coda from like the main straight yeah. up. So we saw the start finish line. And as they climbed up, you could see George Russell tag Carlos Sainz and him spin around. And I have the best video of it. It is my favorite video because you would just hear all the agony in everyone's voices when Carlos spun. And I was like, my heart. It was so like sad to see that. But like, they only zip by like, I think I don't even remember how many laps Coda was 57 laps, maybe. But the number of times you zip by is like, minuscule so you're like okay i'm gonna see you for like five seconds and then you're gonna be gone so in terms of that you're not really getting what you paid for but like the whole atmosphere of sitting on turn one was so much fun anytime the safety car came out it'd come and like perch itself right on turn one and everyone was like chanting safety car it was just like a very wholesome bonding moment so in terms of that you're like okay this feels like such a nice community of people to be with everyone's just like cheering i think at some point in time last year uh sebastian metal was leading the race and i was just almost in tears because that's amazing i love sebastian metal so i and i had just like met him a couple of days before that too so i was like this is incredible this is amazing he's leading the race and then uh lewis passed seb and everyone was screaming because there was also like a bad pit stop for Ma- there was a whole series of events where everyone was just like so excited because they were like is max Verstappen possibly not going to win this race obviously he did but that like whole like moment of camaraderie where you're all coming together and watching and experiencing this especially because i'm a person who likes to watch the race on my tv surrounded by all my screens and data it was such a different experience so <laughs> yeah i think because i because i'm personally a carlos signed fan and when like he spun mm-hmm. i was like that made me hate george russell for like two days because i like i like i just like, um, even, like, a couple of times, like, I'm so delusional for Carlos Sainz that, like, even, like, a couple of times when, like, I know Carlos Sainz was speeding in the pit lane, I'll just be, like, it's fine. It should be a rule that you could be allowed to. And I'll be, like, making these absurd claims. Um, but, yeah. Carlos Sainz apologist. That, like, Sometimes you have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I definitely agree. Like, it just... I, I was also thinking about that. I feel like turn one or, like, the starting grid is definitely... Because, like, also it's, like, longer and, like, it's a DRS. So, like, you guys see the cars, like, um more than, like, if you see them on any other turns. Um, and I think, like, also a lot of overtaking comes from that DRS, especially, like, with the that Red one. Bull. Like, every time Mac Verstappen behind a car, I almost have to, like, give up and be like, there's no point fighting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's also... um. Like, obviously, like, the grandstands on turn one on the main straight are significantly more expensive, but, like, it's kind of, like, the sacrifice that you make. Like, Tori was an absolute legend. She got there early to get us those seats. So, in that regard, like, our seats were, like, perfect for, like, the amount that we paid because, like, we had, like, some of the prime seats in the entire area and we were able to see some good racing. Um, but there, like, obviously there's like no bad seats when it comes to that. Uh, when we go this year, we're going to be in a grandstand just because I think we're only going for like the sprint race day because we didn't want to, we wanted to be, again, the people I'm going with are also content creators. We're like, we want to be in front of our screens, in front of our data. We're only going to see them zip by like X amount of time. So there's no point in like us sitting there because you miss so much um, or like we feel like we miss a lot. So I think we're going for a sprint race day as of right now. So still excited about that. 
Yeah, and I also have to agree with you about the F1 community, because, like, I think a couple of times, um, like, there's one, this one little kid, and I think it was, like, Kimi Raikkonen got out of, like, a race, and the kid was just, like, crying, and I was, like, yeah. Like, honestly, if that was, like, Carlos signed, I would definitely be that kid that's, like, <laughs> crying. And I feel like, like, because when I watch it on my TV and I see, like, an audience, I'm, like, I can either relate to them or I can be the one that says, like, hey, put your flag down because, like, a Mac for something like. But I, I definitely, like, relate to them. And, like, I feel like if you're sitting there, just, like, knowing that, like, you can turn to the person next to you and, like, regardless if you're a Ferrari fan and they're a Red Bull fan, you, you both love Formula One in general, and you already have a bond with them that you can talk about. And I feel like that's like oh, yeah. instant bonding. Um, I, I, think I don't think the cutest moment. Like, yeah, the cutest moment that I saw this year was when in Miami was um, during qualifying. We were like in our grandstand. We were sitting there. We were watching. Um, Checo's on pole. Fernando Alonso P2. Carlos Sainz P3. Or I don't remember what the exact order was. I think it was that but maybe Carlos is P2. One of the things happened. Um, they were the top three. There's a kid who's standing or sitting in front of us wearing a Checo shirt, wearing a Fernando Alonso hat and holding a, like, uh, Carlos Sainz sign. And this kid's just, like, sobbing. He was like, this is everything that I wanted. And he's, like, definitely not more than 10, but my heart was just so happy for him. It's like, wow, Lewis got out in Q2, and I'm so happy that this happened just for this one child. So in that way, it's, like, very much community-building experience where you're like, okay, let's see Charles Leclerc do the thing if he's able to do the thing. Let's see Oscar Piastri go and be, like, the rookie of the year. That All of that, like, just coming together and experiencing that together is honestly amazing. Honestly, how, like, how, like, coincidence is that? That, like, the fact that you'd bring, like, Alonso... Checos and signs like merch and they happen to yeah. be on full. I think honestly next year was... I'm gonna like dress up for like McLaren <laughs> hat, maybe a Ferrari shirt, and then like um Mercedes um sign. I'm probably gonna do that. Every race that I go to, I always like decide what outfit I'm gonna wear depending on the day. So I'll only do like one team per day. So I think last or for let me think. Oh, for Austin it was Ferrari day one. Um, Daniel Ricardo day two, McLaren day two, and then um, Mercedes day three. I always end up doing Mercedes on race day just because I have to, <laughs> just for my own peace of mind. And then this time it was Aston Martin, Ferrari, Mercedes. So um, I know that, Mer- or like, I th- I think that I see on social media a lot that I see like Mercedes is a very like open team to women in general. Um and, like, obviously a lot of different races, but also, like, women. Um, and, like, you having experience at least, like, working with, like, um, Mercedes. Might not be the F1 team, but, like, with Mercedes in general. How would you say, like, your experience is? Or, like, um, you being a Mercedes fan, like? I mean, I, I worked for, like, a part of it. It was not even affiliated with the Formula One team. or was barely affiliated with the Formula One team. But I think just in general, every, like, everyone is so much more open and welcoming to just everyone and especially as both a woman and a woman of color I think that it's so important to kind of make sure that you feel like you belong because otherwise you see you don't see yourself where you're supposed like in the general space and that kind of feels a little bit disheartening for me at least I as I was growing up watching ESPN Sports Center, all of the things you know I never saw anyone who looked like me I never saw in just like traditional media, anyone who I can look up to and be like, wow, you're doing this really cool thing. And maybe if I did, I would like have wanted to do something very different with my career. But right now I'm just like, oh, like even now I'm sometimes I'm like, wow, am I actually a software engineer? Because in my brain or like just in general, the blueprint of a software engineer is not like an Indian woman. It is like, some kind of man and I'm like okay this is like very cool because you're like no matter what you do you want to break down boundaries and you want to make sure that you feel represented in the space so I think that's one thing that's really nice about like the motorsports communities everyone's so welcoming um everyone wants you to feel welcome everyone wants you to feel like you belong and 
they welcome you with open arms. They don't see you as like one thing. You are whoever you want to be and you are um, whatever fan you want to be. So that's really nice. Yeah. And I, I think like, especially like the image of like Mercedes in my head, like whenever like someone like talks about Mercedes, I think like they're like, honestly, the most kindest people. Like, first of all, like you have Lewis Hamilton, who's like, as we know, like he's very um, engaged, like in a lot of um, social problems, especially like with Sebastian Vettel, um, especially um, under like uh, racism. He's very like, he's engaged in those movements. Um, and obviously Mick Schumacher, just like a total angel vibe. Like, like honestly, every time I see him, like I just, I see like an angel. Like I know that whole Dr. Survive episode of him being like his dad. Like that's not the image I get. I just get like an angel like right behind him. Um, and then like George Russell, not yet opinion on him, um, but he definitely like a very probably I, I can assume like a very nice person. And Toto Wolf and Suzy Wolf being like their whole power couple and duo. I think like Mercedes just automatically registered that image of being the most nicest. And I think on the other hand, Red Bull is still trying to build that image because I do recall, like, this was not recent, but it was, like, maybe a couple years ago, where Sergio Perez was asked a question about um, what it would be like to have a woman teammate, and he said he'd rather prefer a woman to be at home in the kitchen. And I think Christian Horner said something along the same line. So what is your reactions to that, obviously being, like, years ago? Yeah, I think that the the general sexism is never appreciated misogyny is never appreciated in any environment um i think that i wouldn't say that any of the formula one teams it's like a matter of like nice or mean i think all of them are trying to portray this image of how they're like how they want to be portrayed and i think red bull right now is trying is like very much in their dominance era um I do think that the things that Checo and Christian Horner have said in the past are like completely inexcusable. Like you you can't say stuff like that and expect to get away with it. Um, And in terms of all of that stuff that I feel like teams are just trying to, it's such a PR game now is what it is. So that's why everyone is just trying to like fix images, trying to keep everything very correct, very, good for the fans is what it is and as much as we can critique and talk about all the things that have been said because it's like not like the random sexist comments aren't thrown around every single day because they are um it's just a matter of making sure that we're calling it out we're making sure that people are being held accountable in the space and um making sure that everyone's voice is amplified in the right way um, to make sure that everyone who wants to be included, who is included in any conversation is being uplifted rather than taken down. Yeah. And like, I've seen like, um, especially some, most of the drivers do a really good job with that. Like um, whenever they're asked in like interviews, like especially Charles Leclerc um, and drivers like him, whenever they're asked questions about women, they always have like, a positive comment about it they're always like um like no matter even if they even if he had like a really bad race he'll always like anytime it's like women's topic they'll always be like um trying to create some positive uplifting comments to women and I think especially um with like Angie Cullen Lewis Hamilton's um therapist I think like that that connection that bond between her and Lewis Hamilton I think really introduced like a bigger idea of like um, the driver's connections with women. And I think that was, like, I think it's, like, pretty cool to see that now it's, like, now it's, like, more it, more women can now feel comfortable in the sport because now there's, like, not only is it that now, like, women are just trying to find a place now, like, everyone's backing them up. The drivers are backing them up. And, like, there's movements that have gone towards, like, this. And I think, I think it's going to be interesting not only to see a woman Formula One driver, but I think, like, Imagine, like, I think, um, like, if in the future, if we ever get, like, an FIA president as a woman, um, like, any time in the future, I think that's also going to be, like, pretty remarkable history in the sport. Oh, definitely. And, like, even a 
a woman as a team principal because technically like Claire Williams, even though she was acting team principal, she wasn't the team principal of a team. So um, of Williams at any point, she was just the deputy. So in that regard, you're just like, okay, like having an actual um, figure of authority in Formula One who is able to make these decisions, it'd be so, it, it, it would be amazing to see. I completely agree. And I wait for the day for that to happen because I feel like that is, coming sooner rather than later yeah because like I also did feel bad for Claire getting like a lot of hate because like I know that it was like her father's team and like when she started running it things did tend to go downhill but I feel like a lot of it cannot be blamed by her because team principals only have certain power and it's not like she single-handedly run the whole entire team so I feel like there were definitely people in that year that had the fault of making either bad decisions um and the team not performing to the best. Um, I, I definitely still feel bad that, like, she got so much hate. And I feel like partially that might have been the reason why she stepped down. Um, and I do, like, I hope that, like, now that the team is slowly coming up, that I do hope she does somewhat try to, like, take control and, like, still, like, probably become, like, a team principal and, like, um, help the team. Honestly, I think yeah. it would be really funny when, like, Christian Horner, imagine if, like, like um, maybe, like, the biggest female um, workers in a Formula One team, imagine if they became team principal. I think it would be so funny. Like, imagine, like, Red Bull, Hannah becomes team principal. Um, I think that would be so, like... It would be amazing. It- I think it would be awesome. I would, I would love to see that, honestly. I think that, especially... Like, as we love all the team principals, they're all like, I think they're all like characters in their own way, which is really fun. I really like seeing James at Williams. I really like, um, like Fred at Ferrari. There's so many ran like new team principals after the like shuffle around that happened last year. But I think in terms of that, it'd be so cool to just see like a woman and see what she would do and she see like, I, I don't think it would be like too much of a difference in terms of, um, like how a team is because how a team is performing because we saw Susie Wolf in Formula E she won the like almost or I think they got second in the championship P2 last year which is incredible so. like that's amazing so um and that was her first season as the team principal as well if I'm again might be mistaken but I think that just her in general she has shown and broken so many barriers and there's no reason that there like there are so many other very qualified women who can just come in do the thing and they would be amazing at it yeah I honestly think it's gonna be fun to see um the sport grow and more people are coming in especially I think Lizzie McIntosh going viral on um TikTok and kind of joining the sport and a lot of people trying to follow it I think it's gonna be fun to see um well that's it uh thank you for joining and i will see you guys all next episode bye bye bye